out. Chick Ludwig, of course, with extra innings on a night that the Red, well, afternoon turning tonight that the Reds drop another against those Brewers. We'll wrap it up with them before the Dodgers come to town Tuesday, tomorrow afternoon. I'll have the inside pitch to get you going uh, with the pregame here on the big one. But lots to do tonight. Three-store food banks, Kurt Ryber. A little bit later, talk on Snake uh, Huntress, uh, Python Huntress with the Tri-State Connection who's in South Florida hunting snakes, which... Uh, I mean, you got to have a hobby, and, and we'll get into details on that in a bit. A lot of other stuff to get to. And to start, because it, it seems like it's a never-ending kind of season situation, a guy great to read uh, uh, on a regular basis, Sports Illustrated. Uh, it, you, you might know him all Bengals, all Bearcats. You can hear him occasionally here on the big one or filling in for Mo like he did, I think it was last week, uh, one of the days. Uh, he's James Rapine, back with Sterling on 700 WLW. James, how are you? How's everything? Everything's well, Sterling. How are you? I'm doing fine. Doing fine. Uh, I I have to ask because I've seen people in the last couple of days in the midst of, uh, I guess, what is sort of the the wrap-up of the OTAs and the season really almost here for the the football Bengals already to to follow up that trip to the Super Bowl in Los Angeles. uh, Just didn't quite go their way against the Rams. Uh, OBJ has been uh, photoshopped on I don't know how many (laughs) pictures people have either emailed me, tweeted at me, or otherwise, and you have had a great yep. piece writing why it makes sense why the Bengals need to look seriously at that guy in the midst of, obviously of still looking in ways to improve themselves uh, and moving into the regular season in just a few weeks really you can't have enough weapons Sterling and I, I think that's that's where we're at in the NFL and uh, when you have a guy like Joe Burrow and look we're not used to to the Bengals or, or really any team in the city being contenders year in and year out. So it's, it's I shouldn't laugh. It's I'm sorry. Territory. It is. It is. It's just know, the way like, you say that. It kind of like I was feeling wrong. And then you're like, you know, we're not used to this. And I'm like, you're right. I, I know we're not. <laughs> it, it, and so like the Bengals are a destination. And if Odell Beckham Jr., he wants to go back to the Rams, right? He does. Yeah. But if they're going to continue to, you know, twiddle their thumbs. Well, we saw what he was capable of last year. He wasn't a distraction when he got to LA. I covered him in Cleveland for a bit, and yeah, he was. He wasn't necessarily a, a happy camper. Part of that had to do with Baker Mayfield. I think part of that had to do with Freddie Kitchens, and part of that had to do with well, he didn't love the idea of getting traded to Cleveland. He's got a house in Beverly Hills, but it's almost like a hired gun for eight games. Right? He's coming back from an ACL. Uh, would probably be ready to go mid-November. And so who knows where the Bengals are at, but you certainly expect them to be in the playoff hunt. And so why not, if he's willing at a reasonable cost, at least kick the tires on something like that. Now, do I think it's going to happen? Not really, but I think that the Bengals are in in kind of uncharted territory, new territory that they uh, need to understand and embrace, which is veterans like OBJ who really need to prove it and reestablish their value might want to come here even if it means on paper being the fourth guy because of the guy you have under center at quarterback, Joe Burrow. Uh, a guy, it sounds like you're outside on the patio. I hear birds in the, in the distance, perhaps that dog. I am. Of, of it's yours. such a nice night. It is. Yeah, it's a good one. A, nice a, a cu- couple of beverages, hang out a little bit. Uh, of course, uh, you can read him, Sports Illustrated's all Bengals, all Bearcats, <laughs> locked on Bengals. Again, we've been through this. You've got all the jobs. It's unbelievable. He is James Rapine with Sterling <laughs> talking Bengals on the big one. Um, you know, the OTA situation, the game has changed so much 
And, and here we are. I mean, you know, it's a cool couple of days this weekend after some steamy, uh, hot, humid feeling like dog days of late July, August, when you really start thinking about football. But it seems like we're always thinking and talking about football, even when it's not a season coming back from a Super Bowl for the Bengals. Uh, the world has changed in the way these guys go about their business and do their work, whether it's the Bengals or the NFL just in general. Break that down just a little bit because it is astounding to me the effort that goes into it, and it's changed just drastically. It, yeah, you, you're talking just off-season workouts? Yeah, the whole scenario, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, it's it's much different because, honestly, these, these practices aren't real. I mean, they're workouts, but I, I wouldn't call them full-on practices because, you know, the offensive line isn't hitting the defensive line. A lot of times they don't have helmets on. Joe Burrow had a backwards hat on half the time, right? And, uh, you know, Hoodie Jamar, I, I – <laughs> tweeted a photo of that. It was like 95 degrees this week, and Jamar Chase comes out uh, wearing a hoodie and long sleeves, which I, I don't know how he was able to pull that off. Um, but, yeah, a lot still goes into it, and I think the importance of it is uh, more about, you know, technique stuff for the offensive line because Frank Pollock was still drilling those guys. It's not like it's a picnic for the offensive line, but for these young guys to get the playbook, the newcomers to, to get adjusted to life, with Joe Burrow, right? If you're Ted Karras and you're this new veteran center, you work with Tom Brady, you work with a lot of good quarterbacks, but you know, it's different with Joe Burrow. And so they can get used to each other and, and adjust to, to life with one another. So I, I think more so than anything, it's good for the, the new guys to get used to uh, what their new teammates do, how they do it, things like that. But it, it's also good for the youngsters to get out there and, and really everybody to get back into the swing of things and, and get to know their new teammates. The culture is everything. Uh, it is certainly different. I mean, anyone who didn't just like you know hop aboard the bandwagon for the, for those uh, football Bengals, you know, uh, you know, coming back from a Super Bowl year. Aside from what the prognosticators and those who put betting lines out for them to make a run for it again this coming season, uh, I mean, it is. Uh, a different vibe, and a part of that is Burrow being here now for the full run, and we've seen a taste of what he can bring and the face of this franchise effectively with a whole lot of offensive weapons who are getting some face time too, and deservedly so. But it is a different culture. It's a different attitude. Um, how how tangible is that for a guy who's covered them in, in some of the, the worst times, not just these best of times? Man, it's uh, you can certainly feel it, and it's definitely different in – um, getting to go back into the locker room over the past six weeks, I think was key because you could see it more so than you could even during that Super Bowl run because it's different when it's Zoom. It's different when, you know, you're, you're 10 feet away in, in a news conference setting versus at Jamar Chase's locker and talking with him and at Joe Burrow's locker and talking with him. So, yeah, I, th- I think the culture, it's, it's weird. It's loose. It's relaxed. And I, you know, I talked to people during the run and it was the same way. It's not like they were overhyped during these primetime games, which we had seen in the past or or almost nervous uh, to to play in front of, you know, big, uh, a big national audience. It's never that. And I I think that that, that part of it, it starts with Burrow, but it's something that, that coincided with Zach Taylor and the guys, not just Joe Burrow that he's brought in. And, And so whether it's Dax Hill, who I think, Really, from the get-go, the, the Bengals' first-round pick this year, I was like, oh, man, the moment's not too big for him. Obviously, we know it's not too big for guys like Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Joe Burrow, you know, players like that. And so I, I think, uh, you know, culture is important. I've seen the shift, and uh, 
it is uh, it's mighty mighty different in the locker room these days versus say what it was I don't know six years ago. Um, talking to James Rapine, all Bengals, all Bearcats, Locked On Bengals, Sports Illustrated. See him on YouTube. He's everywhere, getting it done, uh, covering uh, football. <laughs> I mean, it's true. It's crazy, but it is the way it is. Um, we, we know that this AFC Championship crown carrying football Bengals team right now has everybody looking to them, regardless of what the you know the odds makers are saying about them. You know, making a run for it again this coming season. Uh, but you, you wrote about something that I guess it kind of makes some sense and. and Every team needs to find that one thing to be a motivator to get them going, whether it's week to week or, or for the season as a whole. But it was it's interesting to me that, that you see the Chiefs and Mahomes coming out and talking about how this Bengals team left yeah. them behind and made their way to the Super Bowl and taking that AFC championship. Uh, how is that looked at? Because I mean, the vibe for the Bengals has to change, and clearly it is for the opponents that they're going to be facing with a whole lot of primetime games and a lot more attention looking at the Bengals this season, too. Yeah, if I'm a Chiefs fan, I don't necessarily like that Mahomes is talking that way. Um, and, you know, he was probably asked about it. You know, I don't know that, you know, the, the full context of exactly what was asked. I did see that, you know, the quote and wrote about it. But uh, I, I didn't hear really anybody in the Bengals locker room talking about the Super Bowl. Um, and and I, I think they, they've moved on from it. And it, that, that starts with Burrow. And, uh, you know, look, he's going to have playoff games where he struggles like Mahomes. You know, even – as great as Mahomes is, you know, he, he had those issues and he was really ugly in the second half. And he said, it's the worst half of football I've ever played. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting to see how different guys and these stars move on from things. So like Burrow the next day after the Super Bowl watches the film just like normal and tries to move on. I don't know if I could do that. I know a lot of people, diehard Bengals fans that still haven't rewatched the game. And I don't know if they will. And, you know, in, in Burrow instead is trying to move on right away, even though it was the biggest game of his life. So uh, I think that that part is, uh, is certainly interesting. But the, the fact that Mahomes said that to me, it, it's going to be the start of a rivalry, Sterling. And I, I think, uh, you know, the fact that the Bengals got the Chiefs twice last year in January, including at Arrowhead, yep. you know, the only quarterback in the playoffs that, that Mahomes has lost to outside of Joe Burrow is Tom Brady. So that's uh that's pretty uh, a short list. So, I think uh, I think that was my biggest takeaway from that Chiefs Bengals. It's going to be a, a big rivalry, and I won't be shocked at all if uh, they meet two more times this season, once in the regular season and once in the playoffs. It's going to have to be that way, I think, because you still have to go through Kansas City just because of the nature of what they've built there. And that's, I guess, really that, that perennial kind of uh, built-to-last scenario is what Cincinnati's looking to do with the Bengals, too. What other wants and needs do you think this team has right now where there is still a, a window where there will be guys moving around signing deals that are out there available and hungry and looking for not just a job but a chance to chase a ring? You started it with, with Odell Beckham Jr., and it doesn't necessarily have to be him, but I do think that fourth wide receiver spot past the, the big three of Boyd, Chase, and Higgins, you know, certainly needs to be addressed. Um, but also both trend spots, which, you know, the interior of the defensive line, maybe it's Larry Ogunjobi and you bring him back. And then maybe an interior offensive lineman. You know, they could use a veteran guard, you know, Quentin Spain if you brought him back, Riley Reef who played tackle last year, but I think is capable of kicking inside the guard if you need him to. It's it's about depth. I mean, most of their starters are back, and they brought in a good rookie class to increase the depth of the secondary, but uh, those are the three spots, defensive tackle, 
some kind of offensive lineman, whether it's a veteran tackle or guard, and then that wide receiver four spot. Will they get all three or address all three before camp? I'm not sure about that, but I do think that they could, and they have two available roster spots, so it wouldn't shock me at all if they make a move or two here over the next few weeks. We've discussed this before, James Rapine, by the way, all Bengals with Sterling on the big one, but you mentioned this, bringing this class of new signees and new draftees in the mix of this with these veterans that have had a taste of such success. They have a a chance to do something, and I'll play on the Bengals' idea of teething and cats and in that mindset. They have time to teeth a little bit, to, to learn a little bit, to watch a little bit without the pressure of having to go out there week in and week out in the NFL and the grind that that is at that level as fast as that game can be, regardless of the program they came to and where they came in the draft or otherwise. Uh, and that is a luxury that this team has not had a chance to see for some time. And, and that's how a future of, of competitiveness is built, no? Absolutely it is, no, 100%. And you're right. They're, they're not relying on Dax Hill the same way they relied on Joe Burrow or T Higgins or Jamar Chase or Jonah Williams, even though Jonah Williams got injured, they were hoping he was going to be a starter year one. And so that doesn't mean Dax Hill's not going to play a lot, but on paper, you know, he's probably not going to start for them and he can play a bunch of different roles and he's versatile. Uh, But yeah, this entire rookie class, like these guys could play, you know, really the first four rounds, they got players that should contribute in some way in, in some shape or form, maybe about five rounds if you want to count special teams. But are any of them going to start? Maybe. Maybe Cordell Volson wins the starting job at left guard, or maybe Dax Hill slides in and plays a bunch of different, uh, you know, a bunch of snaps at a bunch of different places. But on paper, none of them are going to start. And that is, that's rare for the Bengals. I mean, think about it. Really, every year for the past half decade, they were banking on these rookies to come in and be instant contributors. And, and likely starters. And so now that you can kind of use them in roles, well, then they could probably be really good at a role without playing 800 snaps, 1,000 snaps. So that's, uh, that is a luxury that the good teams uh, can, can have, and the Bengals have built it. And it feels like overnight, but it, it didn't take overnight. It took a few years, but they, uh, they're there now. I'm hoping the Reds are sort of moving in that direction, but it's a, it's a challenge at this point, sort of suffering <laughs> through it. I, I don't like the maniacal laugh as you sit on the patio with the birds in the background and a cold one in hand, James Rapine, making time on a Saturday night with us. Well, that's hurtful. Uh, we'll get into more of that a little bit later. What, what have I not asked you that makes sense in conversation with the Bengals at this point as we sit here on, on this fine Saturday, June 18th night, trying to make sense of things on a Saturday night, Sterling? You didn't ask me about Jesse Bates, uh, but that's okay. I, you know, I think that that's the, you know, I went on this week in, in Cleveland, and they're like, well, the Bengals are boring. There's no, and I'm like, yeah, there's no drama. There, there's no drama with this team. Like, even Bates, he's the most drama-free player ever. So even though he didn't show up to off-season workouts and OTAs, and, you know, he doesn't want to play on the franchise tag, right? It, it's like, yeah, yeah it, he's been quiet because he's not, you know, this dramatic person. By the way, I do think he'll be at training camp. I do think he'll play on the franchise tag this year if they don't get a deal done by July 15th, which is the 
deadline to, to do that and get an extension. And I, I think that's the route it's going to go. I Is just, that why he was not here? Me, or was it he had other plans? Because I, mean, I realize, I mean, there's an issue of voluntary. There's an issue of mandatory. And, and you know, we get going for real and serious full-time work in, in a couple of weeks out still. Uh, I mean, because it is, is it controversial? Because, I mean, you do hear other guys in other camps, you know, with a chat backside uh, yapping about it. And, and we haven't heard that. And that is one of the reasons why he didn't even mention it. And, and you know all this stuff, which is why you're here. No, it's about his contract. He would have showed up, I think, if he had an extension. Yeah. Um, but he wasn't required to. There was nothing voluntary. There was nothing mandatory. It was all voluntary, like you said. Yeah. And, and so it, it kind of, it's like, eh, you know, Trey Hendrickson wasn't there either. That's you know, true. And 14 he's sacks, right? He's completely happy. 14 yeah, sacks, by happy. the way. What it's a monster. Happy with that money, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, franchise record, year one. <laughs> Wild. I Wild, right? I mean, what a monster. Crushed it in free agency. Um, yes. And so that's kind of the thing, though, right? So they've crushed it in free agency, and their history says they've paid players that, that they've drafted and developed, like Jesse Bates. Well, maybe there's a reason why they don't want to give Bates, you know, $18 million like Minka Fitzpatrick got per year earlier this week. And so off my patio here with the birds chirping. I, 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 I'll tell you yeah, that. yeah, the league minimum for me is enough to get me up and, and make a, a drive for, you know, to get there for sure. That, that's definitely the you know, not a, a problem for me. Um, so you'll be there and ready to go, not wanting to sit out. Because, I mean, that's also an ugly look, isn't it, for somebody to, to refuse to show up, especially a team coming back from a Super Bowl uh, you know, situation, and even though you want a bigger piece of the pie for, for this point. And this team has money to spend, too. Yeah, it it does, and it would be. That, that's when it would become some drama if Jesse Bates wasn't there at training camp. And I'm not, you know, I, I think he's going to show up just because I I, I know him ish, and I, I think he's going to say, all right, well, thirteen million dollars. Why would I pass on that? You know, Every and day. there there is some precedent with his agent. Uh, where, you know, uh, Justin Simmons a few years ago, a safety from the Broncos, represented by the same agent as Jesse Bates, uh, was franchise tagged. And he played on the franchise tag and showed up. So I, I would expect uh, Jesse Bates to do the same. I think he's going to get that, you know, that money when it comes time, regardless. You hope it's here. But, I mean, you know, going to work with the tag, again, for 13 mil, it's, I mean, most yeah, I mean, but it's a different world that those these guys are living in than yeah. the rest of us schlubs, too. Even though, you know, and that's the other thing. What other business, other, you know, unless it's a government job, do you know what people are making? It's a very weird thing to be talking about how, one, spending other people's money and talking about the kind of money that people have to spend. For, I mean, it, it, for it's, sure. it's also very weird. You know, it's not like I don't talk to my neighbor and go, you know, Larry, uh, you, you could be doing better, I think. You should sit out. We don't have that kind of talk. <laughs> no, you don't. And, and so th- that's, that's the thing is, like, I don't blame him for wanting the security but ultimately are you going to leave 13 mil on the table Never. he's made six million in his first four years yep so it's like take it okay take it, it with it, a smile double. take it with a smile yeah, yeah. and get those free That's shoes right. and hats and all the merch and everything else <laughs> and, and, and get, you know get some you know personal appearance stuff and go to work and, and get that money the next time around because it's going to be there for him unless you know the, the unthinkable bad thing happens and you know, that's sort of the nature of this business, too, for them, is, you know, if, if you're not able to play, you don't get paid, right? I mean, unless you have a guaranteed dollar amount, if you're not available, there's no check, correct? Yeah, yeah, c- c- correct. And I will say the $13 million is is guaranteed. Yes. So it's not like he, he doesn't have anything. And I get the, the long-term security, but he's 25. 
and so play at a high level this year, he could earn himself money. Yep. It's really a good opportunity yes, because if is. he goes out and plays, he's coming off his worst year. He's going to make the most money this season than he's ever made in his career. And if he plays like he did in 2020, Sterling, he's going to get uh, a big-time check from, from someone. Uh, or worst case, if the Bengals tag him again, he's going to make you know top safety money again probably 16 million or so next season. So oh, it would be, uh, yeah, it'd be w- w- wouldn't be, wouldn't be bad for, for Jesse Bates if he comes in and plays at a high level. No, I won't even get paid for the rest of this day. If I don't come back from the news after your nine thirty report, James Rapine, <laughs> enjoy the patio. Thank you for making time on a Saturday night. Have a, a good one for me and, and uh, pet the puppy, say hello, enjoy father's day. And uh, you can read him all Bengals, all bear cats, locked on Bengals, sports illustrated, James Rapine. Thank you, my man. Always good to talk to you. Take care of yourself. Thanks, Sterling. Appreciate you. We'll see you later. Saturday night, Sterling. Coming back, lots of ground to cover. I'll talk on Dad's Day, snake hunting, and much more after the news. 700 WLW. This week on The Upsiders, Clarice attempts to revive Johnny's lost memory with the power of gas saving. Uh, who's there? Oh, Johnny, it's me. Oh. Glad you're along Saturday night, Sterling. 700 WLW. Reds fall earlier to the Brew Crew and for a three-game weekend series. Uh, rubber match that tomorrow. Day off Monday with the Dodgers uh, rolling into Great American Ballpark. Uh, final score, 7-3 earlier. Mr. Ashcraft, a uh, uh, rough couple starts in a row there. But what are you going to do? It's a you know rookie year for him, and he has been absolutely amazing. Jonathan India back in the fold. Matt Trox uh, also back. Uh, got himself a ribby single. Uh, we'll get you ready with the inside pitch tomorrow, uh, starting about 12.35 right here on 700 WLW. FC Cincinnati on the road in Philadelphia. Uh, played to a 1-1 draw earlier. Uh, that just wrapping up an MLS action. Uh, that'd be a Major League Soccer if you didn't know. And, and uh, the bearer of bad news, but maybe not all that surprising with 2026 World Cup uh, locations released, destination cities, if you will, in places where uh, they'll be playing in North America, here in the U.S., Canada, and Mexico. Cincinnati not making the list, uh, but apparently showed very well. And uh, who knows, another four years after that, down the line, whenever it is the U.S. Uh, gets it back, uh, there'll be a chance. And maybe some more international friendly action or people tuning up for it, leaning into it. And 2022 uh, World Cup play starting in Qatar with the U.S. Just, well, it's, I guess it's more than a couple of weeks away. It's November. So uh, that to look forward to as well. Uh, and a bit, Kurt Ryber, Free Store Food Bank, going to join us, talking a bit a little bit what they do in, in today's world right now with inflation the way it is, all of us hurting a bit and food insecurity becoming an even greater problem uh, in the best of times in the worst of times. Still a strong economy, starting to feel the pinch of higher prices, whether it's at the gas pump or, or elsewhere. Speaking of which, I, I'm kind of curious. I think we can have a little bit of fun with this. Um, there's a great thing. Somebody sent me a thing from BuzzFeed. You know, I'm always interested in how people save money, right? And I can remember, like, uh, my grandmother, when she was still around, she would sometimes snag, like, extra, uh, like, sugar packets or whatever at the table when we go out to eat or whatever. Uh, and I was like, well, you, why are you doing that? She goes, well, they're going to throw them out anyway or whatever. And she'd just have, like, a collection of them. And she'd also carry, instead of going out, she'd ask for hot water. And then she'd have her own tea, like, carry her own tea bags in a little teeny either box that she kept her in her purse or in her little like Ziploc thing. And, and, and as a little kid, I was sort of bewildered by it. But in, in hindsight, I get it. One, she got the tea or beverage that she wanted. She didn't have to pay for the price of tea out and about, depending, uh, and save, save a dollar. 
which, which I'm all about. 513-749-7800, the big one. Also, talk back on the iHeartRadio app. You can do it. And I'm on Twitter, at Sterling Radio. I'm wondering how you uh, or people you know may be out there uh, saving some money. Is uh, inflation jacked up? I, I know I don't want to depress you if you're driving around thinking about uh, higher costs and we're going out to eat or whatever. But up uh, nearly, uh, nearly 9% over the last month. Uh, from what they were a year ago, and that's the biggest jump in, in like 40 years or something along those lines. A lot of people never actually seeing or hearing much about inflation in their lifetimes to this point. So I'm curious how you've saved some dough. And the story from BuzzFeed's pretty funny. Talks about one person here says they discovered that around 10 a.m. Uh, Wednesdays, the grocery store marks certain foods down that are expiring. Now this takes dedication, and I guess you have to have you know your days free to do this. And uh, the only time during the, the day that I've really had free recently was when I was out for a couple of weeks with the COVID, at, at which point all I've been wanting to do since then even, uh, testing negative, is wanting to sleep. And, and, and I watched reruns of, like, the first 48 marathon, uh, which, you know, you, you get to see, like, murder investigations and interviews and all the, the rocks being turned by murder police, either here in Cincinnati. Seem to be a lot of the Cincinnati murder uh, a lot of uh, Tulsa in uh, Atlanta and Dallas and some Cleveland thrown in. Uh, but apparently you can save money in, in some cases, as one person writes, uh, tweeting back saying that they, they wait for the markdown on expiring foods and, and like meat products when they're marked down, too. And, and I when I worked in the grocery store, I, you know, I always liked because they marked down donuts and stuff. It, and it's not necessarily the healthiest thing, but I get like a dozen donuts for like two bucks or three bucks rather than spending, you know, a dollar for a specific donut. Uh, and I get like a carton of chocolate milk. Now I'm about a gallon of coffee with my donut, keeping everything in balance, sort of going along uh, with that. Uh, how, how do you save money or those around you, whether it's embarrassing or otherwise? And older generations who've been through this before when it comes to rising prices or hard times or like my grandmother was aware and had been around, you know, sort of the tail end of the Great Depression era. So she knew what had to be done to get by sometimes. And some people never let go of that. They'll save like resave paper towels. I've seen a lot of other stuff. Seven four nine seven thousand eight hundred, the big one. Uh, if you're on the iHeartRadio app and whatever you know device of choice, you can talk back there as well. Matthew, what's going on here with Sterling on the big one? How do you save a dollar, my man? Hey, Sterling. I, I it was a pleasure talking to you. I wish my mom was in the area. I'd have her call you, and she could fill up an hour on how to save money. Uh, when we were kids, she would buy a, a gallon of vitamin D milk. Yeah. And then she would split it between two jugs. She would top it off with water, you know, half it up so we would have 2% milk. Oh, <laughs> so, so she'd, she'd, th- she'd thin it out. I got you, yeah. Yeah, she'd make milk concentrate is what it was. You know, she, she bought milk concentrate, and, uh, you know, you'd go to pull a jug of milk out of the uh, fridge, and it would be separated, so you'd have to shake it up. Uh, before you use your cereal or whatever. <laughs> oh, my. It's yeah. one of those, if it's so thin you can see through it, I guess it's a, another thing. I remember uh, when I was in college, friends of mine, would they'd use like orange juice or beer on, on their cereal. I hadn't thought about thinned out milk. But uh, <laughs> I mean, why, if it can save some money, especially now, it's like three fifty four dollars a gallon, depending on what you're buying, right? Why not? Right, yeah, and you just split it in half and fill the rest of it with water, and you... Uh... You've got two for one there, you know? Not a bad deal. Matthew, I appreciate the call, man, and being a part of the show. 513-749-7800, the big one. Uh, How how do you save money, or how have you seen other people saving money uh, during these uh, increased inflation uh, times? Uh, And more people than ever really just trying to save whatever money can be saved. And uh, on the other hand, we've been so pent up and locked down 
with this COVID crap for so long. A lot of, I mean, at this point, it's just like, you know, you're ready for a vacation. Who cares if it's $5 for gas? Maybe you'll just drive across town. Hey, let's go to Miami Whitewater instead of going, you know, some other place for a road trip kind of deal or, you know, flying, increasing prices with that and limited seats to sort of go along with it. Oh, this is nice. Elizabeth just tweets at me. She, she mentioned Matthew and the thin milk. She says her family thins out orange juice. Which you know, sometimes it can be really sweet and like overpowering. But I've gone to restaurants. I'm not going to name any names, but I, I've gone and gotten orange juice at a restaurant where it seemed like they had already done the thinning out of what was supposed to be fresh squeezed orange juice, where it seemed quite watery. None too happy about that when you're spending like two fifty a buck, you know, two fifty three bucks for a small glass of orange juice, and you're giving me like orange water. Sort of go along with that. How do you save money? How have others looked to save a buck in the, in the midst of all this? Another one from this BuzzFeed uh, story here, real quick. It says a person works with a group of community clinics, and this in, in Southern California. And uh, one of the services is a food pantry, which we're waiting to hear back from Kurt Ryber from the Free Store Food Bank on this. And it says in uh, people about being patient and getting a bag of food. And sometimes people uh, would sort of be aggressive in about that or whatever else, uh, couch surfing or otherwise, uh, and looking for foods that aren't necessarily for refrigeration. Does that make sense? I think kind of. I'm trying to make sense of that as I read that. Yeah. Anyway, 513-749-7800, the big one, pound 700, AT&T. Later, uh, an unusual way to make a living with a woman from the tri-state. I've had her on the show before. She's very busy right now in South Florida, uh, I guess sort of swimming around in the Everglades or in the bush, tracking down pythons. I'll explain exactly what all that's about and more when we come back. More Sterling, 700 WLW. Gas prices are sky high, and experts believe they'll go even higher. So how can you conserve gasoline? Here's an idea. Turn your teenager's date into a free ride. When they go out, you go with them. Thanks for the ride, kids. Do they mind stopping wherever you need to go? Sure. sure. Not if they want to keep seeing each other. <laughs> you get a free lift and kill any thoughts of romance they had. You can't beat that. Stay tuned for more gas-saving tips on 700-WLW. Make for this three-game series, Great American Ballpark, tomorrow. 140 first pitch. I get the inside pitch going about uh, 1235 or so. Then uh, you got Yiddy with the pregame show and uh, Tommy Thrall and all. Uh, FC Cincinnati at Philadelphia played to a 1-1 draw. And uh, U.S. Open golf action going right now outside Boston. Uh, I had uh, gotten away from playing golf because I, I, I couldn't handle the demons. It was too much emotionally. Uh, and then I watch it a little bit, and then it, like, sucks me in, which is really just devastating. And I feel like I should go to, like, DeVue Park or California someplace, maybe Lunkin, where I can just, like, hack it around a little bit. Uh, and then I see the rough they're playing out of and, and how much of a struggle they're going. I, it's interesting because, like, the, the, most of the regular everyday people playing in rough like that, it, it's not that big of a deal. But they're used to such perfectly manicured everything. It's nice to see most of these guys seemingly uh, closer to human. But I know if I played that course, uh, they're playing this weekend. It, it, you know, I shot a 140, and they, they'd be they'd be loving that. It'd be uh, unbelievable. Uh, NHL action: Tampa Bay on the road at Colorado. Uh, game two uh, of the NHL Finals. Uh, Lightning down five to the uh, Avalanche uh, at this point. So five nothing in the second period. So we'll keep you up to date on that. Uh, talking a little bit about saving money these tough times more than ever. Looking back to maybe our parents or grandparents or just sometimes. Sometimes just eccentric, you know, uh, I've been called uh, 
cheap, frankly, uh, not miserly. Uh, I like to consider it conservative, but in these days, uh, maybe it makes more sense than ever. Uh, you can tweet at me at Sterling Radio on Twitter. I'm kind of curious how you save dough. Uh, unusual ways or just ways, you know, in general, maybe on the job, uh, you see maybe different things that companies are doing to save money aside from uh, charging the same price in a box, the same size, but servings of stuff inside the boxes uh, is shrinking in many cases. And you got to watch, you know, the shelf tag will tell you. But then if you want to buy stuff, you got to buy stuff. I mean, what do you do, right? 513-749-7800, the big one. And if you're out there, uh, you got the iHeart uh, app, uh, just click on that and talk back. And we'll dip into that a bit later. Let's see who's been holding the longest. Uh, I think we got Dave on 700 WLW with Sterling. Then we'll go talk to John in Covington. What's going on, Dave? How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Uh, I'm 62 years old, and uh, my family had a feed and seed when I was growing up. And I swear to God, everybody seemed to have anywhere from a 20 by 20 to a 40 by 40 garden in their backyard. Now, the modern garden is a is a plant potter in your uh, backyard on their porch. You know, they might get a couple of tomatoes here and there. But people used to, you know, they used to can. They used to, you know, do, you know, it, it was a way of saving money it was sure. just a you know and and, and and when you're talking about going back to our parents that's what they all did everybody had gardens well i remember it, there it, was a show the thing of the past. On, on bbs when i was a kid called the victory garden and it got that name initially if i'm not mistaken during world war ii, world right? war II. It, it was you know yep. do what you can to take care of yourself and, and because right. we were sending rations to our men and, and some women but mostly right. men in uniform right. fighting overseas and, and elsewhere but i i mean i, I i've always since I've been out on my own, you know, as a kid moving out before, I had that planter on the patio you're talking about, and now it's grown to much more. And and uh, I don't know if it was much about saving money. It's just I, I like to be able to grow something. It just there's something that feels good well, about both. it. Yeah. It's both. I mean, I, I was just going to say, as far as not only, you know, when you don't have money and you can't go out, well, it's pretty therapeutic to take care of a garden. I mean, that's not easy work, you know, getting the weeds out of it, keeping, you know, your tomatoes tied, sure. you know, uh, keeping the bugs out of it, keeping the rabbits out of it. I Raccoons, mean, you know, it, squirrels, it, 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 those it, bastards. It, it, and my neighbors are like, dude, you should just pick them off with, like, the 22. I'm like, I don't think I need to be shooting up well, in the backyard. Well, so hunting comes back again and start eating the coons. Who knows? Oh, <laughs> oh. I, I, I don't know. I, I Beverly Hillbillies, right? right? That, that, and the and the, the possum, right? I mean, I, I, and they're actually very clean because I'll have the dog water out there, and I know that this, the, the the raccoon's been by because the water's filthy. It'll come and wash its hands after it's tried to like right. you know. So they're not That's as dirty. So just don't want the I, if I start foaming at the mouth during the show, a tater will like be looking for help. D Dave, I appreciate it. So the, the idea of gardening that that that's good too, and it, it's healthy, good for your mind, your body, your soul, and your belly too. Uh, John, what's going on? You're with Sterling. How are you saving money on the big one? Oh well, uh, very old, old girlfriend's uh, mom taught me this. Uh, this is forty years ago. You take each dryer sheet. Okay, you cut it in half, and then you get two uses out of each half. So if you got a box of 100 dryer sheets, 
okay, you're going to get 400 uses out of the box of 100. Now, here's the question, though. You're, you're closed, uh, still clingy and all the other stuff, uh, or does it work halfway? I mean, maybe it's like oh, I, no. I, had a, I had a guy who was my landlord when I first moved to Cincinnati, back to Ohio from New Orleans, and, and he had been a, a PNG guy. And, he, and they're going to love me saying this, but this is what he told me. He was like, just use about half the soap they recommend and you'll be in good shape. I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, I know, it'll still work. Don't worry about it. So, and sure enough, he's correct. And, and he was just like saying it because it was a waste of soap. Would it well, still work said, with half? You said P&G. Uh, well, P&G makes uh, bounty, uh, or not bounty, bounce. Yep. Dryer sheets. Sure. And that's what she used, and it works like a charm, my or her theory. There you go. Well, John, that's a good idea. So uh, we can cut dryer sheets. We can reuse paper towels, although I don't know how sanitary the paper towel reusing thing is. You know, uh, I mean, maybe for some things. Like if, if you use it for your hands or in the kitchen, and then maybe you want to save it to clean up a mess or something that's on the floor. I But I, I don't think, you, you know, you, you dry your hands, and then Scott just messaged me on Twitter, says, yeah, re reuse the paper towel. I I guess that might be something. I mean, you got to, I don't know, is that too much? Maybe if it's only you. I mean, I don't want to go to somebody else's house and, and like, you, you go into the restaurant, there's no hand towel because they don't want to wash it, and, and they have, like, reused paper towels in there. That would be kind of kind of odd. 513-749-7800, the big one, pound 700 AT&T. Uh, here's something else in, in regard to, to saving money. Uh, this is this is tremendous. Uh, and I'm curious, this might turn into something, too, about how maybe where you work, uh, what have they uh, shown you some love instead of maybe giving you a raise because times have been chip tater crap producing the show. Trying to make sense of things. Reds fall uh, earlier, dropping down, uh, try to avoid making it four in a row. I've lost three in a row in the first two of the three-game series. There was a lot to say there in one breath. Uh, with the brew crew in town to wrap stuff up tomorrow afternoon for 140 uh, first pitch, 700 WLW. Inside pitch starts about 1235. I'll be back for that. And uh, let's see what else is going on. Um, hold on here. I was going to NHL after the second period, waiting to get uh, going for the third period. Colorado at home. The Avalanche 5 over uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Game 2 of that series. Colorado looking to go 2 up. Uh, in the best of seven there. Uh, they lead five goals to nothing. Uh, use, uh, FC Cincinnati on the road at Philadelphia. Uh, an MLS action uh, played to a 1-1 draw earlier. Uh, lots of other things happening. We're talking about uh, ways you can save some dough. Other stuff to get into as well. Uh, having some issues apparently getting on the line with Kurt Ryber from the Free Store Food Bank. So we'll see if we can actually connect with him at some point. But uh, they're out there and they do fantastic things as far as helping people in need and a, a way to help others around us. Uh, and uh, just a fantastic organization. Uh, really, it's just the way that they go about their business and uh, making the money count. Um, just in general terms, which is nice. Uh, great day for baseball earlier. Just a fantastic weekend. Dad's Day tomorrow. I think we sort of have fun with this, too. Um, and somebody sent me this, and I don't – it's interesting that the things that people remember. Um, sent me a story and, and made a comment, and, and it's from an, an email address, but not a person's name. So I don't know, uh, but I appreciate it just the same. And it was about how to cope on Father's Day without a dad. And – uh, mine was absentee, and, and I guess as a kid, I, it made it challenging. Father's Day, it, it, you know, it felt sort of like an outside looking in kind of scenario. But I, I always tried to show extra love to mom on that day because she took care of business on her own effectively. And I was fortunate that I had a couple of uncles, uh, you know, her, her brothers, um, actually more than that, but two very close 
two married in uncles and, and uh, those that are uh, a part of the family on her side uh, that were the, there to, to provide some guidance and, and, if nothing else, sort of observational learning on, on hopefully how to, to be a, a man, how to be a better man, uh, generally speaking. But it, it can be tough. But I think about Father's Day and dads. And so I appreciate the article, but I realize a lot of people have issues with that. Maybe you know, dad's not here anymore. And the only thing I could take away from that, because I've always had that void, is just to remember maybe those good times and so forth. Because the comment from the email was in the melancholy, melancholy side of, of that and showing sympathy or empathy for me for having a, a dad that wasn't there because mom did it as a single mom. Um, without getting into more details of that. I mean, don't be a downer on a Saturday. So here's what I'm wondering, though, um, because I think we can we can have a little fun with this. And the idea of maybe the best bit of uh, learning uh, that you took away from dad, thinking about Father's Day, right? That best bit of advice or best bit of learning. And, and what I learned from, I can tell you this, with my dad not being a part of things, I learned on how to be a better dad if I ever have an opportunity to actually have little Sterling or Sterlingette. Uh, you know, it, it, because th- there was that void. So I know how to be there, you know what I mean, when when he wasn't, because it, it is an important thing in, in my view. Although, you know, I, I've, uh, I'm not in jail, I'm not in prison. Uh, so clearly, you know, you can be done on your own, but uh, more challenging and more difficult, which is why I say more props to somebody doing it on their own, like my mom. And a lot of dads have had to do it on their own without mom being there. Um, but I, I'm wondering about the gifting also, the best gift or the worst gift given, received for Father's Day. Because, I mean, one of the stereotypical things, of course, you know, is the tie or, you know, maybe a trip to the ball game, which is kind of cool. Tomorrow you can do that. Great American ballpark. Uh, it'd be great weather for it as well after having some hot, sweltery days. Uh, th- it'll be really nice uh, weather-wise to go hang out and maybe the Reds win one. It'd be kind of cool. 513-749-7800, the big one. And uh, talk back on the iHeartRadio app as well if you'd like to at Sterling Radio on Twitter. Uh, you can do it as well. Uh, and what are what are the like the best things? And as a dad, what do you want? Because it's supposed to be Dad's Day, and, and you know, oftentimes it's about mom, and everything's mom. But for Father's Day, you know, the big grilling weekend, uh, big barbecue weekend. As far as gifts are concerned, I had uh, Dev Shapiro on from Got a Deal earlier in the week on the show, talking about ways to take care of Dad and where the deals are. Uh, obviously, you know, shopping local at this point, if, if it's about stuff rather than just togetherness and what have you. But I'm wondering the best dad gift, the best ga- dad lesson learned, best advice given, um, maybe the worst gift too, to sort of go along with that. Uh, I've had my share of, of gift giving just in general where I, I've uh, screwed stuff up in one fashion or another when it comes to gifting. Um, but I, I think if, it, if it's from the heart, I don't know how you can really screw it up too badly. And little kids are notorious for not really seeing the full picture as to like what a good gift is and what a bad gift is, which is where maybe some some help comes in from uh, you know mom or others around when it comes to that. So anyway, dad day stuff. What's your plan for tomorrow? Do you have a plan? And uh, maybe dad, you know, the other thing, maybe dad wants to be left alone just to enjoy a little baseball on, on the radio. Maybe, well, would you, you know, maybe mowing the lawn for dad, depending. Uh, you know, it's, it's, who knows? What, what are you looking for? 513-749-7800, the big one. Let's go to uh, Indianapolis. And Jane, you're with Sterling on the big one. Hey. Jane? Hi. Hi. Yes. It's your turn. Can well, you hear me? Oh, I can hear you okay. fine, Jane. How are you? Um. Doing pretty good, although my voice is a little raspy. That's all right. Uh, you sound fine. Okay, best advice I got from my dad 
was when I started driving when I was 16. He told me always to drive with my doors locked. And if somebody started following me and I was alone, I should go to a fire station and lay on the horn. That's a good idea. Well, I always, yeah, I always drove with my um, doors locked. And I thought the fire station thing was a bit outlandish. But um, one night I was living in Toledo and I worked second shift. And I'm coming home from work and I'm driving down uh, Collingwood Boulevard and there's this trucker cab coming towards me. And wouldn't you know, as soon as I went past the light, he made a Yui and started following me. Uh-oh. So I went to the fire station and I laid on the horn and he disappeared really quickly. Yeah, didn't want to cause uh, a spectacle, obviously, and all eyes on him when doing that. So that's actually great advice from Pops. Yeah, and, and fire stations, there's well, there's somebody there 24-7 yeah. uh, in, a, in a city. Uh, by the way, I'm 75 and I was 16 a very long time ago. Well, you sound you and sound the, like you got it going on still at this point, Jane. That's for sure. Well, I I enjoy uh, enjoy listening to you. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate you being a part of the show. I hope you have a fantastic night, Jane in Indiana, hanging out with Sterling on the big one. Five one three seven four nine seven thousand at Sterling Radio on Twitter and eight hundred the big one. Uh, I mentioned uh, about uh, leaving a job. And uh, maybe instead of getting a raise, they want to give you some stuff or maybe some type of, uh, you know, fringe benefit rather than coughing up cash. And uh, somebody sent me this, too, which is nice and funny. Multiple stories of people thinking the same way uh, here. And a woman talking here says her company gave her an espresso machine instead of a raise. That's pretty nice, especially if you like coffee. Chick Ludwig would probably end up letting her go anyway. So, I mean, it was a nice parting gift, I suppose. I mean, why not? We just hope they gave her a severance check instead of saying, hey, remember, we gave you a coffee machine. You should be damn happy you got the espresso machine so you can get hopped up on the coffee and then maybe hopefully have some more energy to to find yourself a new job, which in today's marketplace, obviously, uh, it's it's a good time to to be looking for work because there's lots of opportunity out there uh, in, in one way or another, certainly. Hopefully it stays that way. We'll see how that goes. Uh, talking about relationship stuff and uh, people getting romantic on the job, I'll talk on that a little bit. And, and the dad advice still. I'm asking, uh, in general, uh, good times uh, for dad, good gifts, bad gift experience, maybe the funniest gift given to you as a dad or for your dad that you gave and didn't realize that it was hokey or goofy or whatever else. Uh, and then maybe to tag along with that, dad's advice and so on. What does dad really want for Father's Day, because a lot of times I think dads often are overlooked, even though it's it's a big day and a lot of people talk about it. I mean, you know, it's a power tools, certainly lawnmower equipment, always nice. I mean, for any of us, I'm not even a dad, and those things are always appreciated in my world. Uh, and, you know, maybe going to the ballpark, whatever it is, uh, maybe to be left alone. Five one three seven four nine seven thousand eight hundred. A big one Saturday, Sterling at Sterling Radio on seven hundred WLW. Hi, on Father's Day, and I'm a neglected holiday. Hi, Father's Day. My day is coming around, and you don't hear a word about it. I hear you, brother. Thanks, Flag Day. You know, weeks ahead of Mother's Day, all you hear is buy mom this, get mom that. What do you hear for Father's Day? Jack squat, man. That's right, employee appreciation day. On Father's Day, and I may be neglected holiday, but at least I'm not Arbor Day. Hey, I'm sitting right here. Father's Day, much better than Arbor Day. I'm sitting right here. Is tomorrow. A reminder from 700 WLW. Sterling hanging out. Nine first morning forecast on the big one. 50s tonight. 
80 tomorrow. Perfect weather for Reds baseball. Great American ballpark. Take one of the three-game series with the Brewers in town. First of the week, Monday, near 90. Middle 90s come Tuesday. The steam turned back on, so enjoy the cool while it's here. Then it's going to be steamy again. And right now, 74, your severe weather station, 700 WLW. Glad you're here. Tater producing the show. Sterling here to make sense of things all uh, before Red Eye Radio at midnight. And uh, Kurt Ryber, Free Store Food Bank, of course, always good to talk to you. Do fantastic things in our area, not just the tri-state, but the expansive area, uh, helping people in need and giving people an opportunity to, to give back when, when they have the opportunity as well. Um, first of all, how are you? Father's Day tomorrow, lots going on. What, what is up with uh, basically everything in you? Well, everything's going great, Sterling. I've got my family in here uh, this weekend. Uh, we've got three new grandkids that are getting baptized tomorrow. So awesome. uh, that's going to be my Father's Day present. So we're thrilled with that. Uh, but our team at the Free Store Food Bank continues to do some outstanding work. Uh, we continue to see an increased need brought on by the pandemic and the families that uh, we're serving. But more importantly, right now, uh, the inflationary pressures, the things that everybody's seeing at the grocery store right now, has really magnified the impact there are the, the challenges that we're facing right now and that's and that's when we think about you know ground beef going up 50 percent you know peanut butter which is a staple of so many of our families going up 45 percent and when folks get hit at the gas station they have to decide do i fill up with gas or do i go out and buy food you know these are these are challenging times one in six of our tri-state neighbors are dealing with food insecurity, and one in four of those are kids. It's a tough and thing. And that's really a challenge. It really, it is. really is. And inflation, I mean, it hits all of us. Um, and you're very good in the way that you're able to do your buying and acquisition of stuff, even though it's gotten to be more challenging with supply chain issues and cost for you, too. Um, but you said something really that's devastating. You know, when gas is over five bucks a gallon or around five dollars, I think it's gone down a couple of cents here in the last couple of days anyway, for what it's worth. And someone has to make a decision. They got to get to work and they want to put food on the table. And you mentioned one in six in the tri-state that are insecure, meaning they don't know where that next meal or uh, a meal later this week might come from, Kurt, is that kids also out of school aren't getting meals that they would be getting in classroom settings or in a school setting before or discounted lunch or otherwise. And that is a huge population in our region, even in the best of times. It's 145,000 kids in our tri-state area are eligible for free and reduced lunches. So when they get out of school for the summer, that's the challenge. So we see an increase across our 600 pantry network where we're just sitting there saying, we just don't know how you know, uh, we're going to make ends meet. And that's really the challenge when we're trying to look at it and say that, that we want to get you know, fresh, healthy produce to families. And that's just that's doubled in price. Uh, transportation, you know, we've spent, you know, 50% more in gas and diesel fuel for our, our, our fleet of vehicles to get the food out to the families that we're serving and the, and the pantries that we're serving. And, and that's, that's, that's a struggle for us. I mean, it really is when people think about, you know, you mentioned that, you know, for every dollar people donate to the free store, we're able to provide three meals. Uh, and it really goes a long ways towards trying to fill the pantry shelves of our 600 plus pantries. And right now, uh, the need is great. So uh, we appreciate the opportunity to tell people about the challenges that are out there. But more importantly, if folks need help, if they need assistance, we are we are restocking the shelves of all of our pantries. So go to our website, freestorefoodbank.org, find a pantry that's near you, 
Uh, we have 65 school pantries that are still open and operational, even during the summer months. And that's really critical when you think about the families that are right there in the neighborhood. It's neighbors helping neighbors, and that's what the pre-store has always been about for the past 50-plus years. And we've talked about this, too. And, and even though the on one hand there's such a struggle with inflation and cost, but there are also huge opportunities now where you know there's not enough people to even fill jobs that are available. Uh, we're you know maybe on an inflection point on that. We'll have to wait and see. But truth be told, uh, we we talked about taking the opportunity to maybe make a withdrawal where maybe you've given in the past. Or, you know, we think about the Western and Southern WEBN fireworks and Riverfest and, and seeing all those ducks that, you know, drop out of that big cargo container uh, and make their way down the river and people buying ducks and how that helps so many people as well as being just a fun activity to be a part of. Uh, freestorefoodbank.org is the webpage. Uh, and there's also the, the 19th annual hunger walk and, and run that you have coming up too, correct? Well, we just we just got done with the hunger walk and run. We had a great turnout. We had over 2,500 uh, walkers and runners that participated. Uh, but we do have a taste. We do have a taste of the NFL that's coming up. There you go. So I would encourage folks to stay tuned on that because that's going to be something that will be really tremendous when we're going to be recognizing our AFC champion Bengals yes. uh, at Paul Brown Stadium. Uh, it's going to be, you know, so keep an eye on your, our website. Uh, we're working with the Bengals organization right now to get this launched before the season kicks off. So we're thrilled with that opportunity to showcase our, our AFC champion Bengals, but also raise awareness for the fa- families that we're serving. Uh, you mentioned about workforce, and, and that's something that we've continued to strive to do. You know, we continue to have our Cincinnati Cooks program that's open and operational. Uh, we also have our Lift the Tri-State Logistics Training Program, and we are getting students in there and graduating them. And those folks, those students, are getting jobs. In the culinary field, they're getting jobs between 15 and $16 an hour in most cases. In the logistics area from our Lift the Tri-State Program, they're getting paid between 20 and $23 an hour, many cases with full benefits. And, and that's something that you know, these these graduates, these individuals that have come to us and saw, sought assistance from the free store food bank, they didn't want to hand up, uh, hand out. They just wanted to hand up. They wanted to be able to, you know, provide for themselves, become more stabilized in their in their setting, and allow their families to really give back to this community because everybody wants to give back no matter where they are in the economic strata. Yeah, and the other thing that is important, and it's been a couple of weeks from Memorial Day, and you start thinking about the people who put their lives on the line and that uniform on the line and some of the ultimate sacrifice and come home and, and have issues and, and troubles. And, and the stuff you've done with the clinic with, for the, with the VA and, and helping with that, with food insecurity, as well as you know, help with the care issues and so forth, is just tremendous and, and helping people there because there's a lot of homeless and food insecure veterans too, which is, is really it, just it, terrible. It, it, it's, it's a real tragedy, Sterling, when you think about the, the VA and the veterans that have really given all, I mean, and their families that have sacrificed so much for this great country. Um, you know, it, you know, we're the land of the free because of the brave. And that's really what the free store uh, really tries to work with our veterans. You know, we have, you know, pa- pop-up pantries at all three of our veterans' uh, VA hospital clinics out there. Uh, we continue to work with them. We also work with the seniors because those are those are individuals that are you know struggling as well and trying to make ends meet. The challenge that we have right now as well is, in addition to the inflationary pressures that we're facing, is you also have SNAP benefits that are being reduced. In fact, 
the 12 food banks that are part of the Ohio Association of Food Banks have petitioned Governor DeWine to release $50 million out of the American Rescue Plan Act funding that the state has. And the state has you know, almost half a billion dollars to dis- distribute. And we're asking for $50 million to go out there and make critical purchases of food to help replace a lot of the USDA commodities that are not going out anymore. And that's really something that, that, the, that the state has the funding for. Uh, we've asked them to go ahead and release that funding so that the 12 food banks can go out and make cre- key critical purchases of food to help you know, restock the shelves of all the pantries that we're serving. And that's money that's already there, and it's people helping people, and it's tax dollars that are a part of that, too. So that I think it, it's certainly well-deserved and something that the governor should be looking to do. Freestorefoodbank.org, the webpage. It's, it's always good to talk to you. We appreciate what you do. Kurt Reiber, uh, thank you, and uh, we'll talk again sooner than later before we get to start thinking about those rubber ducks in the regatta, too. Very good, Sterling. Thanks so much. Great to be with you. Have a great Father's Day. You too. Take care of yourself with those baptisms of those little baby uh, ribers as well, which is tremendous. 1030 report straight away. More Sterling uh, ground to cover. Uh, Lots to do on a Saturday night. 700 WLW. News, traffic, and weather. News Radio 700 WLW. Cincinnati. More bad news coming from the Federal Reserve. With the 1030 Report, I'm Sean McCormick. Breaking now, higher interest rates. That's the latest from the Federal Reserve, saying it will follow up last year's biggest interest rate hike in 30 years with even more. ABC News' Deirdre Bolton says it has some economists worried about a pending recession. The Biden administration is downplaying the possibility of recession, citing the strong U.S. labor market. But if business leaders lose confidence and hire less, that could make any potential slowdown even worse. Now the latest traffic and weather together. A reminder, the ramp to I-471 North to I-71 South and U.S. 50 closed due to road work. Now the latest forecast from the Train Heating and Cooling Weather Center on News Radio 700 WLW. Clear skies and cool temperatures to start off your Sunday. We're looking at the lowest temperature we've had in quite a while, about 10 to 12 degrees cooler than normal. We're near 51 degrees. Sky staying mostly sunny as we roll on into your Sunday. Picture perfect Father's Day in Juneteenth. We're looking at a high of 79 with winds out of the northeast, 5 miles per hour. Monday, much hotter, 89 and then 96 for Tuesday and Wednesday with a feels like temp near 100. From your severe weather station, I'm 9 First Warning Meteorologist Brandon Spinner, News Radio 700 WLW. Radar is clear right now. It is 70 degrees. Cincinnati police continue investigating a Saturday shooting incident in Avondale. Police say a fire broke out, or excuse me, a fight broke out at 3750 Reading Road around 545 this afternoon. That's when a 42-year-old man was shot in the back of the head. The injuries are non-life-threatening. It was Milwaukee making it two straight over the Reds at GABP today. 7-3 the final. Willie Adams and Hunter Renfro both homering for the second straight day. The Reds try to avoid a series sweep. Game time is 1.40 tomorrow afternoon. The Reds coverage starts right here with the inside pitch at 12.40. Our next update is at 11 o'clock. I'm Sean McCormick, News Radio 700, WLW. Change the life of a homeless veteran. Donate your car to GoodwillCars.com. 
Celebrate Father's Day with Dad at Great American Ballpark. Enjoy the game. Player, drop two of uh, the first, uh, well, two of the three. They've played so far tomorrow. 140 first pitch inside pitch gets going about 1235 tomorrow. I'll host that 700 WLW. Uh, glad you're here. Good talking to Kurt Ryber, freestorefoodbank.org, where you can find out more at Sterling Radio on Twitter. Um, there's a Man, there's a lot of stuff going on. And here, this is just, I don't even know where to start. There's so many. Thanks. So I'm going to start here. There's a woman on uh, social media where many uh, spend time uh, who uh, took to TikTok to complain uh, that she had apparently been ticketed in Louisiana uh, for being too, um, well, she was showing too much stuff, basically, and got a ticket for indecent uh, indecent exposure. And in the video, uh, and I'll retweet this here in just a minute, uh, showing her wearing shorts, fairly short shorts, and what she calls a uh, crop top. Uh, and, and to be honest, I've seen people wearing much less, and uh, and I don't know what's so indecent if she's telling the truth about what happened to her unless she's just looking for clicks and attention to go along with it, which, well, I don't know why anybody would do that on social media, uh, let alone uh, letting it all hang out a little bit for some extra attention and so forth. But it gets hot and it's humid in Louisiana, so it's, it's hard to say. Uh, but but I've seen much more uh, from people that I, I I don't think should be showing more, and, and that's what I find. It'd be nice if police would give uh, tickets in their spare time, not that they're actually not busy doing other things rather than this. But occasionally someone will be feign offensive, uh, uh, being offended. I, I need help. Let's call the police and, and, and try to, to get them to come out to, to stop somebody from. I mean, it was it a couple of years ago there was a woman who was mowing topless and then they, they wanted to take her away or at least ticket her for doing that. And, and uh, it ended up, I, I think, that they said there was no difference between her going topless and a guy going topless, which I agree with. I, I say if a woman wants to go topless, by God, do it. I, I, you know, and it may be answer, a lot of questions might need to be answered by kids, but mostly I don't know what, what's there to be offended by, really. I mean, who gets offended by that? I, I don't know. Who's so sen- sensitive and problematic? It's when you see people who are wearing stuff that's too tight, showing too much, that have way too much that should be covered up. If that's, And maybe that's me being judgmental, right? But, I, I mean, I, I'll go back to the adage that a buddy of mine I used to work with it, it would talk about, and he'd say it's like ten, like fitting 10 pounds of potatoes in a 5-pound sack, sometimes squeezing it in there, and you kind of go, oh, I don't need to see that. Maybe that's where the ticket should go. I mean, maybe sometimes you know, taste Cincinnati walking around. You'll see somebody. Oh, I don't. I, I could have ruined my appetite sometimes seeing something. Go to the state fair. That's it. You get that super uh, deluxe Mac Daddy, a super size version of iced tea or lemonade up there, where they give you those little wood pellet ticket kind of like things look like a wood coin, and you walk around up there and you see a whole lot of people. It's the spandex that can be troubling, where it's like a balloon. Uh, it's so big, stretched in there, and you're like, how can that possibly be comfortable? But it's America. You should be able to, I mean, you know, if it makes you feel good, why not? Right? Is, is that a problem? I, it's hard to say. And then now I have guilt for even saying that some people should just be aware of how hideous or offensive they are. And I'm a scary-looking dude. I, I, You know, I'll admit that. But I'll apologize in advance for this. Uh, headline from the New York Post, Gen Zers say social media is the only place they can be themselves. And, and, and I don't want to be a part of the problem. I, I pri- uh, prided myself on being a part of the solution in life, generally speaking. But they say half of all Gen Zers say that they hide their true personality when they're out in the real world. But they can only be free on social media. They can only be free on Facebook or TikTok 
or, or uh, Instagram or, or something along those lines, 58% of people 18 to 25 say they feel less comfortable in their own skin in the real world than they do online, hiding behind a, a fake uh, you know, a picture or uh, telling a weird story or making their lives to be more than it is. And maybe that's a, a pressure thing on and, you know, seeing everybody else has that fear of, of not uh, living up to what is expected of them. And uh, that could be it. 42% say that they reported worrying about judgment of others as a key factor. And here I am uh, talking bad about people who should cover themselves up when they're in public. But, but I mean, that woman was not offensive, and she supposedly got herself a ticket. I, I don't, I don't want to be a part of the problem. I mean, you know, if you want to be who you are, then why not be who you want to be? Uh, they say half of those people in this survey said that they have a secret online alter ego. See, that's the, the thing. That's why Elon Musk has had issues with bots and, and people, you know, not being who they say they are doing what they, they not say they're doing who they are on Twitter, uh, which is taken down value from it. Uh, can't be who they are. And then they can troll people or do whatever else that they want, sometimes being harsh and, and mean when they wouldn't do it face-to-face or wouldn't do it if they, their own persona was actually shown. 55% admit to using social media to make their lives seem more exciting. And then as we age, apparently, we get a little bit more comfortable on our own skin. 59% of us, they say, as we mature, as we get older, looking back on our youth, we get more comfortable. See, I just don't give a damn. I mean, I am me. You can love me or leave me alone. I'm not going to lie to you. Most of us want to be liked. Most of us want to be loved. Most of us want to be respected, and, and we should be for who we are, right? But me spending a lot of time worrying about what others think, I, I don't have time for that. I, I got other stuff to worry about. And being Father's Day tomorrow, I mean, the, you know, it's one of those things, too, where you kind of go, that, that's what matters is, is those who help get you here and help make us who we are. So uh, hopefully a good Father's Day for you and yours. Show Dad some love and, and curious about what your favorite uh, part of Father's Day is. That Maybe that one gleaning, you know, little golden nugget of advice and insight Dad gave you, your dad, or maybe that you would think you, that you gave your kid. Because a lot of times we don't take what our parents say or those elders around us, what they have to say to, to be worthy of our attention. Or don't give them credit for it. I uh, think we know everything. I mean, you know, it's the older you get, at least for me anyway, what I've found is that I know enough to know I don't know enough. I used to know when I was 16, 17 years old, I think I, I, I pretty much probably thought I knew everything that there was to know about anything that mattered. And it became very clear, very fast that I, I didn't know much of nothing. 513-749-7800, the big one. Joby, it's your turn with Sterling on the big one. What's going on? Hey, Sterling, how are you, sir? I'm well. How are you? Good, good. Um, I have a sentence for that because I felt the same way. Um, our neighborhoods must have been pretty close because when I was 17, I felt exactly the same way. Sure. Quoting Bob Dylan songs all over the place. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what I did was I told my dad one day, you know, the, the older I get, the smarter you get. Now, there seems to be a correlation there. Sure. And I'm not exactly sure what it is. <laughs> uh, living a little bit, I, I think you sort of realize that you know that they knew something when we didn't think they did. Is, uh, I think is part right of it. Right on. There's yeah. definitely times that come up, you know, that's experience for sure. That, that certainly is. But I wanted to stop in just for a minute to just um, talk about the best uh, Father's Day gift it could be. Sure. So uh, we'll do that tomorrow. It'll take Dad out to Colerain Bowl. Uh, where they have a tournament, it's 40 bucks, but, you know, easy to do. Sure. And so start there, 
And then they happen to have uh, a bar there, so you can have an adult beverage afterwards if you like. I like bowling alley then, food. I'm not going to lie to you, though. I mean, it's one of those things I can flash back as a kid. I mean, like right now, my mouth's watering. I think about that pizza or getting that hamburger. And, and even when I was too mm-hmm. young to have beer and, and sitting there and being able to go bowling with my cousins or my friends or my uncle at the time uh, at the old varsity lanes in Dayton or even here at Kenwood, mm-hmm. uh, you can do that right across the street from the mall, basically. Fantastic time. Oh, yeah. When I was a little guy, uh, they actually, for 10 cents, we could buy these little pizzas, and we put them inside the microwave. <laughs> well, sure. I, I, we're not quite as cheap as a 10-cent pizza. I, I missed out on those, Joby, but uh, it sounds like a great time with Dad tomorrow. <laughs> I, I hope you enjoy it and, and take care of yourself. I appreciate you being a part of the show. Uh, 513-749-7800, the big one. Uh, memories, uh, good ones, Father's Day, advice, insight, direction. Uh, a talk on snake hunting, it's a, it's a big deal, and a woman from the tri-state uh, who I've had on the show before is in the midst of, of beginning this. What she does is she tracks down a python, which is an invasive species in, in Florida, uh, in, in mass quantities, which is sort of uh, turning upside down the natural ecology. And, and uh, there's a whole bunch of money to be made. They, they give them uh, for snake skin, snake heads. Uh, and then there's a, a competition that's just getting ready to get underway where it, it's a uh, big money. For the amount, like last year's, I think it's a little less. Last year they gave away like ten thousand dollars for like the the biggest snake, I think, uh, and, and the most snakes captured or killed. Uh, and then she makes like shoes and, and like uh, snake skin stuff with uh, the catches because the, the bottom line is they don't want them around there because they're eating like I don't know uh, whatever's local to uh, the, the Everglades and, and that type of stuff. Five one three seven four nine seven thousand eight hundred. The big one. Uh, the iHeart Talk uh, back app, uh, you can check that out. And at Sterling Radio on 700 WLW. Got your bags all packed. Looks like it's vacation time for you. We're on our way to Maine to see all of the pretty lighthouses. Woo, make sure you post some pictures. We're also going to have lots of lobster. I'm going to have to put on a bib because I'm sloppy with the butter. But don't forget to take 700 WLW along. Well, of course not. That would be crazy. If you've got a phone, you've got us. We have a phone. Listen to 700 WLW's live stream on the iHeartRadio app. Swing into spring with great offers from Josh's Chevrolet and Coleraine. They have hundreds of new and used vehicles on their lot. Links for this one tweeted at Sterling Radio. This is beautiful. Headline, uh, new nail polish leaves your fingers smelling like Velveeta cheese. Which then leads me to believe... Uh, or at least question what other like uh, types of because I, I don't know if I don't wear nail polish right I mean I, I have had manicure uh, and they put like the clear stuff on but I, that would be bad for like people who have that weird nervous t- thing where they want to chew on their nails I and mean, it, it smells like food that you like whether it's Velveeta cheese or maybe pizza or tacos I mean God only knows uh, you'd be gnawing on those nails in a weird way but man there's no shortage of, of stuff that you, you might want like on there I suppose. Five one three seven four nine seven thousand eight hundred. The big one and add Sterling Radio on Twitter. Glad you're here on a Saturday night. Uh, also, here's something pretty cool. This summer, uh, you get a chance to maybe see at the Museum Center, the IMAX. I'm not sure of their schedule, but I know other parts of the country. E.T. The extraterrestrial with the very young, I think she was like about six or eight years old. Drew Barrymore. I remember seeing this at the drive-in when I was a kid. Back when, you know, my cousins and I and friends and I, uh, you'd pile into the car or whatever in the back of the truck or maybe on the roof of the car, you get the blankets and lay down. And we could go up uh, and under the screen up front, they had like a little playground like at Starlight or the old Dixie drive-in in Dayton or uh, McCook's. But I think they showed different types of movies. Never got to really go there as a kid now that I think about it. Um 
But but you go there. I I saw ET at the drive-in, and, and then they had they're bringing Jaws to the to the IMAX also. How awesome is that? And and I can remember as a little kid, Jaws made going to the swimming pool or the lake a completely different experience, and, and taking a Florida trip with my aunt and uncle. Uh, to, to the Tampa area as a kid, how freaked out everybody was and how fun it was, though, swimming in the pool. And you put your hands in like like you can see that in a, down at Coney Island swimming around the big pool, acting like you had, uh, you know, the the, uh, the shark fin up top of the water. Dun, 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 dun. How cool was that? Talking about big stuff at the theater and, and uh, Top Gun, uh, the, the the sequel after what, 30 plus years or whatever it is, Tom Cruise and uh, John Hamm from Mad Men fame. He's been in a bunch of other stuff, too, for that matter. Uh, and Val Kilmer back in, I think, briefly in that. And uh, he's come back from a major cancer issue, thankfully. Uh, think about all those shows. And, and I'll be I'm going to say something here. And, I, and maybe this is hard to admit. Maybe give you a chance. I think we may have a topic here on this. Uh, I'm wondering what big thing you missed because I remember the first Top Gun coming out, and everybody in the world went to go see that movie at the theater. Everybody thought it was the greatest, and it is a fantastic movie. I've seen it subsequently, but not in the theater, right? I, I remember it, it was such a big deal, and everybody talked about it so much. I said, the hell with that. It's too big of a deal. I, I, I just got sick of it. I'm wondering what big thing you missed looking back that was actually worth something or that everybody else thought was, and you still don't get why it was a big deal. 513-749-7800, the big one, at Sterling Radio on Twitter. To get Joe and Josh in quickly, if we can, before the 11 o'clock report, uh, and then we'll also get an earful of conversation with James Rapine about those football Bengals. Joe, what's going on? Appreciate you being on the show. Hey, I wanted to uh, give a me memory I have of my father, who uh, was, uh, he knew he was dying. He was in a hospital, and uh, uh, it, it was, you know, the writing was on the wall. He was... He had a nurse come in and was sword like Nurse Ratchet working on him. And he said to me, Joe, uh, you know, some people should work on cars. And that has stuck with me to this day. Another way, another way, you say Nurse Ratchet, so she was a little rough is what he was basically saying, not made for taking care of people. She had few people skills. I'll that's leave that's it at that. kind of, I would say that's fairly important when it comes to nursing, right? And doctoring is having some people skills. Well, one would think, but when there's a shortage, uh, then people get in that maybe uh, could have been uh, working on cars. Right, yeah. And, and in a way, we are kind of that way. They call it practicing medicine because it's, I mean, there's a science, but it's not necessarily fully exact. Joe, that, that's something. And Father's Day, I mean, that's what comes to mind. Good advice from Dad that you can think of? Like, give me one good nugget of advice that Dad gave you besides making sure that you found somebody good with people skills and not just for car hands. Well, he gave me he gave me so much, and uh, yeah, I listened to some of it, and some of it I just it comes to me now. But uh, he said, just treat people the way you want to be treated, which is what better advice can you get? Can't ask for much more. The world would be a much better place if people did that. Joe, I appreciate the call and sharing something so personal. I, I really do appreciate that. Thank you, my man. Josh, it's your turn with Sterling on seven hundred WLW. How you doing? Hey, Josh. Hey. Hey, how you what's doing? What's going on? You at the moment, brother. What's up? All right. Um, my father once told me, because I had a bad habit of bringing kids home with me from school, <laughs> like in trouble, like troubled kids. Oh, sure. Yeah. And my father, you know, my father told me, he's like, look, son, quit worrying about everybody else and worry about yourself. 
That was the one thing that stuck with me until the day, until the day he died. I remember saying that at his funeral. It was like, Dad always told me, worry about yourself. Quit worrying about everybody else. And I, and I think that goes hand in hand, I, though, because it, it, you can't take care and help anybody else until you've helped yourself. But sometimes helping others is a part of making yourself better, too. So that's that fine line to walk and that, that you know, that, that wisdom that he had that yeah. he brought to the table is, is everything. But that was what I did. I brought my friend Jason home because his parents were not good. Yeah. And he took my dad, took him in let him live with us. Then my girlfriend had the same thing. Her mom treated her like crap. So he let me bring her home, believe it or not. (laughs) And he told me that right after that. He was like, look, I'm not taking any more kids in, but worry about yourself quit worrying about all these other kids yeah and and there's there's some truth to that but it was good that he was there for your buddy jason and the girlfriend and that could have brought some other adventures too which might have been one of the things he mentioned josh i appreciate the call thank you let's get another one in here before the uh, the break matt what's going on here with sterling on the big one what about that dad a good father story uh just one of the things my dad always told me is like i would rather have too much and not need it than not enough and need it Oh, hell yeah. Isn't that the truth? Yeah, yeah. Kind of always stuck with me. That's a pretty good one, yeah. I mean, it's always better to have something, you know, more than what you need, ideally, certainly. But yeah. we all sometimes we have the stuff we think we want, but we don't really need what we, you know what I mean? There's that fine line of knowing the difference, too. And show, Sterling hanging out, Red Eye Radio to follow, update on news again with Sean McCormick, about 23 minutes away as we're keeping track at home. Very important. Father's Day tomorrow, gold nugget of information. Uh, One good bit of advice your dad gave you looking back as Father's Day, or maybe also we can talk about like a gift, a good gift, bad gift for Father's Day, and what dads really want for Father's Day. 513-749-7800, the big one. Add Sterling Radio on Twitter. You can get interactive that way as well. Uh, and I, I touched on this earlier, and then we sort of multitask a little bit, and we'll hear from James Rapine from uh, all uh, Bengals uh, and uh, Sports Illustrated and Locked on Bengals. Uh, uh, talk a little bit about uh, Bengals and uh, getting ready for the season and, and everything else, because in the midst of everything, even though it will full swing with the Reds in action tomorrow, wrapping up the uh, series this weekend with the uh, Brewers in town, hopefully try to salvage one of the three-game series, and then you got the Dodgers coming in after a Monday off. Uh, and I've still yet to, and I remember being a little kid on this, and because uh, a dad wasn't right, I didn't have a dad. Uh, no, no, I'm not boohooing. I'm just saying, right? But I remember asking my uncle Manny when I was a little kid. We, went, we were driving down 75 from Dayton, where I grew up, uh, driving down to Old Riverfront, and, and uh, we were going to go see him play the Dodgers because I, and it was it was a big deal because I always heard him playing the Dodgers on the big one here in Marty and Joe with the call. You hear Tommy and the Cowboy tomorrow uh, with the Brewers in town. And I, uh, it, it was just weird to me. And I remember asking because and, and I was small. I don't know, maybe seven, eight years old. And they were in the NL West. And I remember asking my uncle, man, I'm like, hey, uh, they're, we're not in the West. Why is it the NL West? And he goes, I, I don't know, kid. Don't worry about it. Don't, there's some things you can't answer. And I'm like, okay. And that's sort of true. And don't focus. Don't preoccupy yourself because it doesn't matter. But, I mean, I couldn't get it out of my head. And here I am all these years later, and I still am bewildered about it. But, you know, it worked out for some good rivalry and uh, conversation now, if nothing else. Uh, we talked about social media earlier as well. 
and, and the, the talk of uh, so-called uh, Gen Zers, right, uh, is saying that they don't feel comfortable in their own skin and more comfortable online and social media, putting on a front and acting like they're somebody else, effectively living a life that they're not trying to uh, act like they've got more stuff or living a grander, more fun life or whatever. And as we age, we get a little bit more comfortable. So this is just what I'm curious about. Are you different online than on social media? How are you different online than on social media? My guess is, for my interactions with people in some cases, oftentimes there, there's more willingness to uh, troll somebody else or to sometimes be a little nastier on occasion uh, to people w- when you're safe behind the keyboard uh, or safe you know, on that handheld device being able to get snarky with somebody or to get crappy with somebody uh, aside from trying to act like you're somebody different. I'm just curious. Do you put on a, a different air about yourself? And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you can live your dreams and do whatever you want. Uh, you know, it's a virtual existence, but it can be very much effective to other people. And, and you hear it on a regular basis. I mean, I'll be honest. I haven't. I don't even know the last time I was on Facebook. I, I just I, I got tired of it. It, it got uh, hateful and nasty, and it seemed like just a waste of time. So much so now I don't. I can't even sign in. I got to go through the re-verification prog- uh, process because I can't remember username, password crap. I mean, that, that's, maybe that's embarrassing. I shouldn't admit that, but it's true. 513-749-7800 TV show uh, on uh, Netflix. They're, they're going to make that a reality series, uh, and it's going to have the largest cash prize ever in, in TV uh, history with a, more than $4.5 million up for grabs in, in total for this uh, 456 players in the, the so-called real-life competition. But I don't know. I mean, it's not really, there's nothing real-life about anything that would be involved in that. Uh, and, and certainly Squid Game got a lot of attention for it being so um, over-the-top and excessive. I'd be interested to see exactly what this, this competition with uh, regular people, not actors, being a part of it and how that plays out. Uh, but that's uh, coming sooner than later. I don't know what that'll do to their stock. They've had their issues with it, but it'll be interesting. 513-749-7800, the big one to Eastgate and Rob. It's your turn with Sterling. How are you? Good. How are you doing today, bud? I'm well, man. Appreciate you being a part of the show. What's up? I uh, just talking about uh, some good fatherly advice. Uh, my dad told me, I have to tone this down a little bit, since um, the three Fs in life. Okay. If I'm not feeding somebody, effing somebody, and financing somebody, don't worry about it because it's not your problem. So that was the best advice my dad gave me. That's 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 pretty good, and I appreciate you keeping it clean. Uh, <laughs> but the, yeah. but the, that's there's there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, you want to care and do your part for somebody, but to, sometimes you got to put up a, a line of where you, you how engaged you actually become. So I, I get that for sure. Yeah, because you, you start giving up too much of yourself, and then you get involved in. A bunch of stuff you shouldn't so if you keep that mindset that keeps you out of trouble most of the time so that that was the best advice i ever got that's pretty strong rob thank you good for father's day uh speaking of crossing a line this out of indianapolis i don't know if you heard about this or not just from a couple days ago headline apple air tag allegedly because no one needs a lawsuit leads a woman uh to a guy basically she, she ran over somebody um three times and killed him uh, a 26-year-old guy. Uh, you hear all this stuff about, and, and they've done some stuff to try to uh, limit the ability for people who were, they were heisting cars and doing some other stuff like stalking, right, with the tags. And you could tell that uh, maybe with your device that there was one on your vehicle or whatever else. Uh, but this, uh, going back a, a ways, this is bewildering. 
Um, and and you, people try, find ways to track people all the time. I, I don't know. Have you had a stalker situation or what have you? I, but, I mean, what a nightmare that is. Uh, that's the allegation. This woman in Indiana tracked down this guy, and she ended up allegedly driving over him repeatedly because she, uh, she thought he was cheating on her, and she couldn't have that. So she ran him down and then ran him over again and again, allegedly, which is just brutal. Uh, and this from uh, the, the star. Uh, she was 26 as well. Uh, and have been arrested for that and dealing with it. Um, so I guess there's a lot of things that you can do with technology today, and, and uh, you got to be careful. But, I mean, you never know, and, and th- th- there's crazy. My guess is that she probably acted crazy before she acted out this crazy to allegedly run this guy over multiple times and leading to his death, right? And, and a lot of us have found ourselves with someone who was a little on the crazy side. And I, I know that's an insensitive, uh, non-politically correct term. I shouldn't say that. We have a lot of mental health issues in our society. I'm sure I've had my, my share of mental dysfunction as well. But, uh, you know, and, and I've had, before you could just track people that way with, you know, GPS and technology. I mean, it's been some years ago. There was a woman who uh, I didn't really even know who I was engaged at the time and was living living in sin, as my mom would say, with a smile, uh, with, with a girl that I was engaged to uh, at that time. And, and uh, I was coming home from work off the radio, and uh, a woman followed me. And as I'm pulling into the driveway, I see this car pull up behind me, and uh, she she gets out of her car because I'm not really sure what the hell's going on. Maybe somebody's lost, you know. I don't know. And, and uh, all of a sudden, I hear clickety clack. She had these heels and she had this like fur coat thing on. And she was it was sort of like a play misty for me kind of scenario. And uh, it's true, Tater. He's like good movie, yeah. Uh, but it got really sideways. And she was all trying to be friendly, but it could have gone the other way where I could have been a headline, uh, run over or something. And I didn't even know her. It's not like I loved her too well, too much, and she you couldn't have enough. She hadn't had any sterling yet, but wanted some sterling. And I had to tell her to get the hell out of there because the the woman that I was with inside the house would have killed her and then turned around and probably killed me just for the idea that that woman was trying to get with me. <sighs> Crazy and creepy indeed. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's out there, uh, that's for sure. So uh, just be careful with the technology. And who you're with, because the upside to the crazy, though, and if, if you if you the, that passion that goes into it, and you sometimes you can see it in the eyes. It's it's sort of like you know, uh, orange is the new black, and the crazy eyes, maybe a little different than the show. But I mean, if you've been with somebody who's a little on edge, that passion, that 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 desire, that whatever it is, sometimes brings some real uh, fun times to the relationship in one way or another. But the backside of that, the yin and the yang is that there can be a whole lot of ugly and a whole lot of dangerous that can go with it. And my guess is that guy, whether he was really cheating or not cheating, on the woman who allegedly ran him over three times and led, leading to his death, who used the uh, air tag or whatever, allegedly, I don't need Apple to come after me either, uh, to somehow track him, he probably knew she was a little crazy at the time. It might have been why he tried to get away and unfortunately wasn't quick enough to get away that time, allegedly. For a Saturday Sterling, 700 WLW. Gas prices are sky high, and experts believe they'll go even higher. So how can you conserve gasoline? Here's an idea. Turn your teenager's date into a free ride. 
When they go out, you go with them. Thanks for the ride, kids. Do they mind stopping wherever you need to go? Sure. sure. Not if they want to keep seeing each other. <laughs> you get a free lift and kill any thoughts of romance they had. You can't beat that. Stay tuned for more gas-saving tips on 700-WLW. JeffWeilerHonda.com. Bearcats in transition. The Julius Make your deposit today for the 2022-2023 men's basketball season to secure your season tickets in Fifth Third Arena. Jump pass to Oguamo with a two-hand jam, down and a foul. What a jam that was from David to Julius. Visit GoBearCats.com slash tickets or call 1-877-CATS-TICKS to make your deposit today. Hey, it's Maura Courtney Lopez, and we know life is better together. Smart Mouth Mouthwash gives us the confidence to make life's moments amazing. We are in Brewers, Great American Ballpark, inside pitch about 1235 or so. Conversation with James Rapine a little bit earlier, uh, talking about Bengals and, uh, well, the never-ending season. So uh, here's an earful of that right now, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Uh, after uh, your midnight report, of course, Red Eye Radio, uh, rolling right here on 700 WLW. James? Because it, it seems like it's a never-ending kind of season situation. A guy great to read uh, uh, on a regular basis, Sports Illustrated. Uh, it, you, you might know him all Bengals, all Bearcats. You can hear him occasionally here on the big one or filling in for Mo like he did I think it was last week, uh, one of the days. Uh, he's James Rapine back with Sterling on 700 WLW. James, how are you? How's everything? Everything's well, Sterling. How are you? I, I'm doing fine. Doing fine. Uh, I, I have to ask because I've seen people in the last couple of days in the midst of, uh, I guess, what is sort of the, the wrap-up of the OTAs and the season really almost here for the, the football Bengals already to, to follow up that trip to the Super Bowl in Los Angeles. Uh, just didn't quite go their way against the Rams. Uh, I, I, OBJ has been uh, photoshopped on I don't know how many <laughs> pictures people have either emailed me, tweeted at me, or otherwise, and you had a great yep. piece writing why it makes sense why the Bengals need to look seriously at that guy in the midst, of, obviously, of still looking in ways to improve themselves uh, and moving into the regular season in just a few weeks, really. You can't have enough weapons, Sterling, and I think that's that's where we're at in the NFL. And uh, when you have a guy like Joe Burrow, and look, we're not used to to the Bengals or, or really any team in the city being contenders year in and year out. So it's, it's <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. I'm sorry. Territory. It is. It is. It's just know, the way like, you say that. It kind of like I was feeling real, and then you're like, you know, we're not used to this, and I'm like, you're right. I I know we're not. <laughs> it, it, and so like, the Bengals are a destination. And if Odell Beckham Jr., he wants to go back to the Rams, right? He does. But if they're going to continue to, you know, twiddle their thumbs, well, we saw what he was capable of last year. He wasn't a distraction when he got to L.A. I covered him in Cleveland for a bit. And, yeah, he he wasn't necessarily a, a happy camper. Part of that had to do with Baker Mayfield. I think part of that had to do with Freddie Kitchens. And part of that had to do with, well, he didn't love the idea of getting traded to Cleveland. He's got a house in Beverly Hills. But... It's almost like a hired gun for eight games, right? He's coming back from an ACL, uh, would probably be ready to go mid-November. And so who knows where the Bengals are at, but you certainly expect them to be in the playoff hunt. And so why not, if he's willing at a reasonable cost, at least kick the tires on something like that? Now, do I think it's going to happen? Not really, but I think that the Bengals are in in kind of uncharted territory, new territory that they – need to understand and embrace, which is 
veterans like OBJ who really need to prove it and reestablish their value might want to come here, even if it means on paper being the fourth guy because of the guy you have under center at quarterback, Joe Burrow. Uh, a guy, it sounds like you're outside on the patio. I hear birds in the, in the distance, perhaps that dog. I am. Of, of it's yours. such a nice night. It is. Yeah, it's a good it's one. A, nice a, a cu- couple of beverages, hang out a little bit. Uh, of course, uh, you can read him, Sports Illustrated's all Bengals, all Bearcats, <laughs> locked on Bengals. Again, we've been through this. You've got all the jobs. It's unbelievable. He is James Rapine with Sterling <laughs> talking Bengals on the big one. Um, you know, the OTA situation, the game has changed so much. And here we are. I mean, you know, it's a cool couple of days this weekend after some steamy, uh, hot, humid feeling like dog days of late July, August, when you really start thinking about football. But it seems like we're always thinking and talking about football, even when it's not a season coming back from a Super Bowl for the Bengals. Uh, The world has changed in the way these guys go about their business and do their work, whether it's the Bengals or the NFL just in general. Break that down just a little bit because it is astounding to me the effort that goes into it, and it's changed just drastically. It, yeah, you, you're talking just off-season workouts? Yeah, the whole scenario, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, it's it's much different because, honestly, these, these practices aren't real. I mean, they're workouts, but I, I wouldn't call them full-on practices because, you know, the offensive line isn't hitting the defensive line. A lot of times they don't have helmets on. Joe Burrow had a backwards hat on half the time, right? And, uh, you know, hoodie Jamar, I, I – <laughs> tweeted a photo of that it was like 95 degrees this week and Jamar Chase comes out uh wearing a hoodie and long sleeves which I don't know how he was able to pull that off um but yeah a lot still goes into it and I think the importance of it is uh more about you know technique stuff for the offensive line because Frank Pollock was still drilling those guys it's not like it's a picnic for the offensive line but for these young guys to get the playbook the newcomers to, to get adjusted to life with Joe Burrow, right? If you're Ted Karras and you're this new veteran center, you work with Tom Brady, you work with a lot of good quarterbacks, but, you know, it's different with Joe Burrow. And so they can get used to each other and, and adjust to, to life with one another. So I, I think more so than anything, it's good for the, the new guys to get used to uh, what their new teammates do, how they do it, things like that. But it, it's also good for the youngsters to get out there and, and really everybody to get back into the swing of things and, and get to know their new teammates. The culture is everything. Uh, it is certainly different. I mean, anyone who didn't just like you know hop aboard the bandwagon for the, for those football Bengals, you know, you know, coming back from a Super Bowl year. Aside from what the prognosticators and those who put betting lines out for them to make a run forward again this coming season, uh, I mean, it is. Uh, a different vibe, and a part of that is Burrow being here now for the full run, and we've seen a taste of what he can bring and the face of this franchise effectively with a whole lot of offensive weapons who are getting some face time too, and deservedly so. But it is a different culture. It's a different attitude. Um, how how tangible is that for a guy who's covered them in, in some of the, the worst times, not just these best of times? Man, it's uh, you can certainly feel it, and it's definitely different in um, getting to go back into the locker room over the past six weeks, I think was key because you could see it more so than you could even during that Super Bowl run because it's different when it's Zoom. It's different when, you know, you're, you're 10 feet away in, in a news conference setting versus at Jamar Chase's locker and talking with him and at Joe Burrow's locker and talking with him. So, yeah, I, th- I think the culture, it's, it's weird. It's loose. It's relaxed. And I, you know, I talked to people during the run and it was the same way. It's not like they were overhyped during these primetime games, which we had seen in the past or, or almost nervous 
uh, to, to play in front of, you know, big, uh, a big national audience. It, it's never that. And I, I think that, that that part of it, it starts with Burrow, but it's something that, that coincided with Zach Taylor and the guys, not just Joe Burrow, that he's brought in. And, and so whether it's Dax Hill, who I think really from the get-go, the, the Bengals' first-round pick this year, I was like, oh, man. The moment's not too big for him. Obviously, we know it's not too big for guys like Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Joe Burrow, you know, players like that. And so I think, uh, you know, culture is important. I've seen the shift, and uh, it's uh, it's mighty, mighty different in the locker room these days versus, say, what it was, I don't know, six years ago. Um, you're talking to James Rapine, all Bengals, all Bearcats, Locked on Bengals, Sports Illustrated, see him on YouTube, he's everywhere, getting it done, uh, covering uh, football. <laughs> I mean, it's true, it's crazy, but it is the way it is. Um, we, we know that this AFC Championship crown carrying football Bengals team right now has everybody looking to them, regardless of what the you know the odds makers are saying about them you know, making a run for it again this coming season. Uh, but you, you wrote about something that I guess it kind of makes some sense, and, and Every team needs to find that one thing to be a motivator to get them going, whether it's week to week or, or for the season as a whole. But it was it's interesting to me that, that you see the Chiefs and Mahomes coming out and talking about how this Bengals team left yeah. them behind and made their way to the Super Bowl and taking that AFC championship. Uh, how is that looked at? I mean, the vibe for the Bengals has to change, and clearly it is for the opponents that they're going to be facing with a whole lot of primetime games and a lot more attention looking at the Bengals this season, too. Yeah, if I'm a Chiefs fan, I don't necessarily like that Mahomes is talking that way. Um, and, you know, he was probably asked about it. You know, I don't know, the, you know, the, the full context of exactly what was asked. I did see that, you know, the quote and wrote about it. But uh, I, I didn't hear really anybody in the Bengals locker room talking about the Super Bowl. Um, and and I, I think they, they've moved on from it. And it, that, that starts with Burrow. And, uh, you know, look, he's going to have playoff games where he struggles like Mahomes. You know, even – as great as Mahomes is, you know, he, he had those issues and he was really ugly in the second half. And he said, it's the worst half of football I've ever played. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting to see how different guys and these stars move on from things. So like Burrow the next day after the Super Bowl watches the film just like normal and tries to move on. I don't know if I could do that. I know a lot of people, diehard Bengals fans that still haven't rewatched the game. And I don't know if they will. And, you know, in, in Burrow instead is trying to move on right away even though it was the biggest game of his life so uh, I think that that part is uh is certainly interesting but the, the fact that Mahomes said that to me it, it's going to be the start of a rivalry Sterling and I, I think uh you know the fact that the Bengals got the Chiefs twice last year in January including at Arrowhead yep. you know the only quarterback in the playoffs that, that Mahomes has lost to outside of Joe Burrow is Tom Brady so that's uh that's pretty uh a short list so I think uh, I think that was my biggest takeaway from that Chiefs Bengals. It's going to be a, a big rivalry, and I won't be shocked at all if uh, they meet two more times this season, once in the regular season and once in the playoffs. It's going to have to be that way, I think, because you still have to go through Kansas City just because of the nature of what they've built there. And that's, I guess, really that, that perennial kind of uh, built-to-last scenario is what Cincinnati's looking to do with the Bengals, too. What other wants and needs do you think this team has right now where there is still a window where there will be guys moving around signing deals that are out there available and hungry and looking for not just a job but a chance to chase a ring? You started it with, with Odell Beckham Jr., and it doesn't necessarily have to be him, but I do think that fourth wide receiver spot past the, the big three of Boyd, Chase, and Higgins, you know, certainly needs to be addressed. Um, 
but also both trench spots, which, you know, the interior of the defensive line, maybe it's Larry Ogunjobi and you bring him back. And then maybe an interior offensive lineman. You know, they could use a veteran guard, you know, Quentin Spain if you brought him back, Riley Reef, who played tackle last year, but I think is capable of kicking inside the guard if you need him to. It's it's about depth. I mean, most of their starters are back, and they brought in a good rookie class to increase the depth of the secondary. But uh, those are the three spots, defensive tackle, uh, some kind of offensive lineman, whether it's a veteran tackle or guard, and then that wide receiver four spot. Will they get all three or address all three before camp? I'm not sure about that, but I, I do think that they could, and, and they have two available roster spots. So it wouldn't shock me at all if they make a move or two here over the next few weeks. We, we've discussed this before. James Rapine, by the way, all Bengals with Sterling on the big one. And, and, but you, you mentioned this, uh, bringing this uh, class of new signees and new draftees in the mix of this with these veterans that have had a taste of such success. Uh, they have a, to- a, a chance to do something, and I'll play on the Bengals' idea of teething and cats and in that mindset. They have time to teeth a little bit, to, to learn a little bit, to watch a little bit without the pressure of having to go out there week in and week out in the NFL and the grind that that is at that level as fast as that game can be, regardless of the program they came to and where they came in the draft or otherwise. Uh, and that is a luxury that this team has not had a chance to see for some time. And, and that's how a future of, of competitiveness is built, no? Absolutely it is, no, 100%. And you're right. They're, they're not relying on Dax Hill the same way they relied on Joe Burrow or T. Higgins or Jamar Chase or Jonah Williams. Even though Jonah Williams got injured, they were hoping he was going to be a starter year one. And so that doesn't mean Dax Hill's not going to play a lot. But on paper, you know, he's probably not going to start for them. And he can play a bunch of different roles, and he's versatile. Uh, But, yeah, this entire rookie class, like, these guys could play, you know, really the first four rounds they got players that should contribute in some way in, in some shape or form, maybe about five rounds if you want to count special teams. But are any of them going to start? Maybe. Maybe Cordell Volson wins the starting job at left guard, or maybe Dax Hill slides in and plays a bunch of different, uh, you know, a bunch of snaps at a bunch of different places. But on paper, none of them are going to start. And that is, that's rare for the Bengals. I mean, think about it. Really, every year for the past half decade, they were banking on these rookies to come in and be instant contributors. And, and likely starters. And so now that you can kind of use them in roles, well, then they could probably be really good at a role without playing 800 snaps, 1,000 snaps. So that's, uh, that is a luxury that the good teams uh, can, can have, and the Bengals have built it. And it feels like overnight, but it, it didn't take overnight. It took a few years, but they, uh, they're there now. I'm hoping the Reds are sort of moving in that direction, but it's a, it's a challenge at this point, sort of suffering through it. I, I don't like that maniacal laugh as you sit on the patio with the birds in the background and a cold one in hand, James Rapine, making time on a Saturday night with us. <laughs> That's hurtful. Uh, we'll get into more of that a little bit later. What, what have I not asked you that makes sense in conversation with the Bengals at this point as we sit here on, on this fine Saturday, June 18th night, trying to make sense of things on a Saturday night Sterling? You didn't ask me about Jesse Bates, uh, but that's okay. I, you know, I think that that's the, you know, I went on this week in, in Cleveland, and they're like, well, the Bengals are boring. There's no, and I'm like, yeah, there's no drama. There's no drama with this team. Like, even Bates, he's the most drama-free player ever. So even though he didn't show up to off-season workouts and OTAs, and, you know, he doesn't want to play on the franchise tag, right. it, it's like, yeah, it, it, he's been quiet. 
because he's not, you know, this dramatic person. By the way, I do think he'll be at training camp. I do think he'll play on the franchise tag this year if they don't get a deal done by July 15th, which is the deadline to, to do that and get an extension. And I, I think that's the route it's going to go. I is just, that why he was not here me, or was it, it he had other plans? Because I, mean, I realize, I mean, there's an issue of voluntary, there's an issue of mandatory, and, and you know, we get going for real and serious full-time work in, in a couple of weeks out still. Uh, I mean, because it is, is it controversial? Because, I mean, you do hear other guys in other camps, you know, with a chat backside uh, yapping about it, and, and we haven't heard that, and that is one of the reasons why he didn't even mention it. And, and you know all this stuff, which is why you're here. No, it's about his contract. He would have showed up, I think, if he had an extension. Yeah. Um, but he wasn't required to. There was nothing voluntary, or there was nothing mandatory. It was all voluntary, like you said. Yeah. And, and so, it, it kind of it's like, eh, you know, Trey Hendrickson wasn't there either. That's you know, true. And fourteen he's sacks, right? He's completely happy. Fourteen yeah, sacks, by the way. What it's a monster! Happy with that money too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, franchise record year one. <laughs> Wild. I, Wild, right? I mean, what a monster! Crush it in free agency. Um, yes. and so that's kind of the thing, though, right? So they've crushed it in free agency, and their history says they've paid players that that they've drafted and developed, like Jesse Bates. Well, maybe there's a reason why they don't want to give Bates, you know, eighteen million, like Minka Fitzpatrick got per year earlier this week. And so, who knows? But I, I will say this: I, I think Bates is going to play on the franchise tag. I don't think he's going to sit out by any means. Because twelve point nine one million, uh, that's enough to get me up off my patio here with the birds chirping. I don't, I don't, I'll tell you yeah, that. yeah, the league minimum for me is enough to get me up <laughs> and make a drive for, you know, to get there for sure. That, that's definitely the you know not a, a problem for me. Uh, so you'll be there and ready to go, not wanting to sit out. Because I mean that's also an ugly look, isn't it, for somebody to, to refuse to show up, especially a team coming back from a Super Bowl, uh, you know, situation. And even though you want a bigger piece of the pie for for this point, and this team has money to spend too. Yeah, it it does, and it would be that that's when it would become some drama if Jesse Bates wasn't there at training camp. And I'm not, you know, I, I think he's going to show up just because I. I I know him-ish, and I, I think he's going to say, all right, well, $13 million, why would I pass on that, you know? Every and there, there is some precedent with his agent uh, where, you know, uh, Justin Simmons a few years ago, a safety from the Broncos, represented by the same agent as Jesse Bates, uh, was franchise tagged, and he played on the franchise tag. And showed up, so I, I would expect uh, Jesse Bates to do the same. I think he's going to get uh, you know that money when it comes time. Regardless, you hope it's here. But I mean, you know, going to work with the tag uh, again for thirteen mil. It's, I mean, most pe- yeah. I mean, but it's a different world that those these guys are living in than yeah. the rest of us schlubs too. Even though you know, and that's the other thing. What other business other you know, unless it's a government job, do you know what people are making? It's a very weird thing to be talking about how one spending other people's money and talking about the kind of money that people have to spend. For I mean, it, it, for it's, sure. all, it's also very weird. You know, it's not like I don't talk to my neighbor and go, you know, Larry, uh, you, you could be doing better. I think you should sit out. We don't have that kind of talk. <laughs> no, you don't. And and so th- that's that's the thing is like I don't blame him for wanting the security, but ultimately are you going to leave 13 mil on the table? Never. He's made 6 million in his first four years. Yep. So it's like, take it. Okay. Take it, it with it, a smile. Double. 
take it with a smile yeah. and get those free That's shoes right. and hats and all the merch and everything else <laughs> and, and get, you know get some you know personal appearance stuff and go to work and, and get that money the next time around because it's going to be there for him unless you know the, the unthinkable bad thing happens and you know, that's sort of the nature of this business, too, for them, is, that, you know, if, if you're not able to play, you don't get paid, right? I mean, unless you have a guaranteed dollar amount, if you're not available, there's no check, correct? Yeah, yeah, co- co- correct. And I will say the $13 million is is guaranteed. Yes. So it's not like he, he doesn't have anything. And I get the, the long-term security, but he's 25. And so play at a high level this year, he could earn himself money. Yep. It's really a good opportunity. Because yes, if is. he goes out and plays, he's coming off his worst year. He's going to make the most money this season than he's ever made in his career. And if he plays like he did in 2020, Sterling, he's going to get uh, a big-time check from, from someone. Uh, or worst case, if the Bengals tag him again, he's going to make you know top safety money again, probably $16 million or so next season. So oh, it would be, uh, yeah, be w- w- wouldn't be wouldn't be bad for, for Jesse Bates if he comes in and plays at a high level. No, I won't even get paid for the rest of this day. James <laughs> Rapine, enjoy the patio. Thank you for making time on a Saturday night. Have a, a good one for me and, and uh, pet the puppy. Say hello and enjoy Father's Day. And uh, you can read him all Bengals, all Bearcats, Locked on Bengals, Sports Illustrated. James Rapine, thank you, my man. Always good to talk to you. Take care of yourself. Thanks, Sterling. Appreciate you. We'll see you later. Saturday night, Sterling, 700 WLW. Hi, on Father's Day, and I'm a neglected holiday. Hi, Father's Day. My day is coming around, and you don't hear a word about it. I hear you, brother. Thanks, Flag Day. You know, weeks ahead of Mother's Day, all you hear is buy mom this, get mom that. What do you hear for Father's Day? Jack squat, man. That's right, employee appreciation day. On Father's Day, and I may be a neglected holiday, but at least I'm not Arbor Day. Hey, I'm sitting right here. Father's Day, much better than Arbor Day. I'm sitting right here. Is tomorrow. A reminder from 700 WLW. Happy 50th to the point. The Covington-based nonprofit has been providing educational, residential, social, and